Welcome to the Wellcast. Life is messy. We're here to help you sort it out. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellcast. I am in the studio, fresh and clean, with Mr. Mike Sersoni. Did you take out your Invisalign for us today? I did not. I'm actually wearing it. And this uh, this set of Invisalign helps me to not have a big lisp. I don't know. Every tray is different, man. <laughs> Every tray is different. Uh, I learn about mankind through Invisalign. Every oh, yeah? one of us is different. Every one of us is different. Sometimes I'm talking like Yosemite Sam, and other times <laughs> I'm normal Mike. So. Sometimes you're like, hey, guys, welcome to the Wellcast. Exactly, yeah. And people love it. They're like, yeah. hey, uh, you're normal. I think a lot of people thought for a while I had Invisalign, but I just didn't know how to talk into a microphone. Yeah, you actually don't have a lisp, but yeah. it sounded like you did in the first couple of... Let's, let's call it spade a spade. The audio didn't work, and uh, it sounded like you had a lisp. Some people you... were worried about me. Let's just say that. I have a speech therapist in my ministry, <laughs> and she was like, hey, Jordan, I don't really know what's going on here, but it doesn't sound right. She emailed you right after you, we recorded that first uh-huh. episode. <laughs> yeah. Somebody uh, commented, by the way, on our Apple podcast, which if you're listening, go and leave a review. We'd love to hear let's what you Let's do think. this. Yeah. Um, but somebody commented that we should take our retainers out. Yeah. And I'm like, Jordan doesn't even wear a retainer. Yeah. What do you mean? I think they were gracious enough to say we, but I think they meant me. That's and for sure. Funny enough, that person who posted that is in my life group. And uh, you can't confirm. He, <laughs> he posted under his wife's account to oh, make it look like it was her. Anonymous. Yeah, I like anonymous. that. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about uh, community and the concept of, you know, how are we feeling alone right now in this pandemic? What is the church and community? How is it valuable to the church? Yeah. Yeah. Maddie's going to talk about why community life and why the local church is so important. Yeah. I mean, you guys will hear a lot about some sort of well-specific ministries, but overall, I think this topic is huge in the way that we grow and and all that. So Mike, I know uh, you have a specific story that we talked about earlier that kind of was your realization of the sanctification found in community. Yeah, needless to say, I haven't always been a pastor. What? And yeah, I didn't come out of the womb Shocking. Uh, preaching. But but I think uh, I think as we look back, like when I was 17, I came to Christ, and I spent about two years not doing anything. So I didn't grow much. I didn't really, I was going to church on Sunday, but that was it. And then I met my wife, and uh, I was 19, and she had this group of friends in their college ministry that was uh, really a special group of friends. And if they're listening, they know what that was like. Uh, I had this friend, Steve, who uh, invested in me. Uh, he, he was there for me when things got hard. And uh, my wife played a huge role in my spiritual growth. But I remember specifically one story. Uh, I, we, we decided to go uh, Passion uh, Ministries, uh, Louis Giglio out of Atlanta, put on this uh, big, giant college ministry event. And it was in Bells, Texas in 2003. It's called One Day. One it, Day. Yeah, One Day. It was just one day. Was uh, it? Well, it started... Aptly named? It started the night before. So it was really one and a half days, but that's a weird name. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to call my conference 24 hours. Yeah, tw- 36 hours, yeah. <laughs> plus a little concert beforehand. We've established I'm bad at math. Yes, but it was it was cool. It was uh, David Crowder, Chris Tomlin, uh, Shane and Shane, and uh, Matt Redman, Charlie Hall, John Piper, uh, Kirk Cameron was there. So all the girls were like, woo, Kirk Cameron. Yeah, But it was 40,000 college students in a in a field camping it's in like the tents. 6 p.m service it was a 6 but p.m just on steroids yes and they don't probably camp in fields but it was maybe it was, it was forty thousand people but i remember we were we were on a road trip from simi valley to 
uh, Bells, Texas. And on the way, we're playing, well, we uh, weren't playing, but they were playing Bible trivia across cars through walkie-talkies. Uh, walkie-talkies? Yeah, we had walkie-talkies. The original cell phone? <laughs> the original cell phone. We didn't have, uh, yeah, we didn't have cell phones. Well, we did have cell yeah, phones. Like, well, we had cell phones, but this game would have cost a lot of money at, at <laughs> yeah. a dollar per yeah, text. dollar per text, and we would, yeah, it would no group text, so it's like you have to <laughs> each text individually. But we're playing with walkie-talkies, and I knew nothing. Like, I didn't know any of the answers. Like, they're asking easy questions, and and I, I knew nothing. And I remember just the the moment that I realized, man, I, I really need to take my faith seriously because all of these Christians who are going, you know, join, who are part of my community, and they've really invested in knowing God, in walking out their faith. And, and so community played this huge role in my development. And I started to, to be a part of that community and really inv- be invested in by that community. They, they saw me as an opportunity to, to reach out and, and share what they've known with other people and with, with someone else, with me. And it was, a, it was a huge blessing in my life because I didn't know what I didn't know. But they, because they were part of my community, my local church, they walked me through discipleship really yeah i had a similar situation i mean college is so formative you know yeah but i over the course of my freshman year that's when i became a christian and a big big part of that was for the first time living in community in the dorms at cal baptist with people who genuinely lived out their faith and i know i'd probably encountered people like that before through either my parents church or whatever right before that but i wasn't ready spirit moved in me in that year, seeing people genuinely live out their faith in their embrace of me and where I was at to actually bring me to Jesus. So community and that experience has been really, really important to me as well. Well, and there's a reason why God doesn't say, hey, you know what? Watch church online, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You can't go to church because you are the church. And the church happens when a community of believers is doing life with each other. It's not about uh, a building that you go to. Yeah. It's not about uh, watching a certain pastor on a Sunday morning. It's about really being an uh, an engaged part of what's going on in a local body. In, in amidst COVID, we've never been more connected but disconnected. Yeah. Know? And so, I, I mean, part of a huge part of my calling is to connect students. I think like it's super easy for students to just live on their own yeah, around people all the right. time, but disconnected. Yeah, And so we, I mean, across the whole platform of the well, of being a, a church community, a Jesus community, is that we create small groups. We have life groups for your kids, for your students, and for your adults. Everyone has life groups. Yeah. And that's what we do in student ministries, man. I love we, that. We connect people intergenerationally to students to create communities of those who either belong in and believe or believe and need to learn how to belong. I love that, man. And I, and you guys do such a great job with that. And I, I think you look back to, to March of 2020, we literally just flipped a switch, right? All mm-hmm. of a sudden we're doing life together. A lot of people are engaged and, and everything. And then we flipped a switch and we said, now you've got to go in isolation. Yeah. I was at youth group when somebody said, oh, Rudy Gobert got coronavirus. Yeah. And I remember being like, what's coronavirus? <laughs> yeah. But we've been living in isolation yeah. ever since. And now we're faced with something that's interesting, Jordan, because we're going to have to figure out how do we get past the fear and how do we engage in the things that God is calling us to 
when it comes to to inching back into community mm. life and being around other people as the as the vaccine starts to take take root and the community starts to become you know more and more yeah uh, we're rebuilding yeah rebuild right if so, we were if we were frayed in our fabric before i mean it's going to be really tough in this next season and it create it needs we need to be intentional about the way we do it not yeah. unsafe but intentional yeah cuz it's so important i mean god calls us to do life together the mm-hmm. one another's are so important you can't live out the one another's in isolation yeah well we hope that this is a beneficial conversation with Maddie Yee she's got a lot of wisdom for you guys and i think uh, you got you will enjoy it let's dive in together Well, we are here with Maddie Yee. Maddie is a big part of our life groups team here at The Well. And we asked her, hey, what do you want to talk about when you come on the podcast? And her heart was just very clear. She wanted to talk about the local church, the impact that it's had on her life, and maybe share a little bit of why it's been so impactful. And so, Maddie, we're grateful that you're here. Welcome to The Wellcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. And um, yeah, just really grateful to have this conversation with you guys. I get excited because in the student world, when they say, yay, it's like something really exciting. Yeah. So, yes. Yay. And I enjoy calling Maddie Mad Yee, mm-hmm. uh, which she says is not original. Uh, but I felt like it was really creative. So yeah, he'll still do it. I still will do it. It's endearing. I like it. Yes, because we are friends. Yes, And I appreciate all of the work that you do here at The Well. Life Groups is a big part of what we do, and Mm -hmm. it is the super highway of community life for us at The Well. We believe in it. We we believe that life change happens in circles, and what happens in, in homes throughout the week is every bit as important as what happens here on Sunday. So why why the life group world for you? Why are you excited about your role here at The Well? Man, that's a great question. I have just been really impacted by the local church ever since I was a little girl um, growing up, going to the local church with my parents, my whole family, really just the community and relationships that I've seen formed um, in the local church. People that really are with you through the highs and lows of life And you are doing life on life with each other. So I think from a young age, I saw that it was important to be in a relationship and community. And even just seeing my parents serve at our church um, in youth ministry, my parents were actually my youth group leaders. So um, like your mom was your life group leader. My mom was actually one of my camp counselors. Oh, my sophomore, my sophomore year. And we got first place that year. It's fun in the month of February when you do the relationship series and your mom's sitting next to you. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) No, I loved it. It was great. That's good. And you have a good relationship with mom? Yes, love my mom. Well, that'll make it a cool situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, Maddie, how long have you been here at the well now? I've been actually attending the well for almost four years. And then I've been on staff for a little over a year now. Yeah. And you uh, you have been part of the team that is pioneering sort of a new experience of life groups and all of the community life stuff. Can you kind of just tell us what you guys have been doing? What's the heart and goal of that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So Foundations is kind of our new process that we're rolling out to the church. We're at the end of our session right now. It's an 11-week process. And really, it's just an on-ramp for people to get plugged into community and really learning how to live out the one another's with one another, you know, learning how to embrace the gospel daily, how to really pursue one another in community and share our stories. Um, and that's, yes, 
a point in time and over time, placing our faith in Christ, and then how does the gospel continue to transform our lives daily? So really just learning these foundational practices that as believers we get to live out and really reflect Christ in our communities where we live, work, and play. And so Foundations really is just a place for people to come, to feel welcome and a part of something, um, to really be a part of God's family, and then to invite others into that. So it's been a really fun process of just talking about spiritual formation and what it looks like really to conform more into Christ's likeness and live according to what he's told us in his word and what he's inviting us into really. And you you guys did the heavy lifting of kind of sifting through scripture and figuring out what does it look like for us to to live out our faith. And not that they're all inclusive, but you broke it down to really eight foundational practices. What are those practices and why are they so important? Yeah. So I already mentioned a couple of them, but yeah, embracing the gospel daily. I mean, yes, that Jesus died for us, that he's not just our savior, but our Lord. And so that impacts how we live every day. Um, Sharing our stories is a huge part of that. Sharing how Christ has changed our lives and is continuing to transform our lives. And then through that, when we we're not just saved um, from something, we're saved for something. We get to live a new life in Christ. And so we get to live on purpose. That's Mm. one of our foundational practices is how do we live on purpose and mission uh, wherever we are, Uh, which also comes along with serving faithfully. And that can look like a lot of different things. It is in our community. Um, It's also in our families. It's also in our workplaces. Um, And so just having more, um, our eyes opened to those opportunities to serve wherever we are. Uh, We also talk about stewardship and what it looks like to give generously of our time, talents, and resources. And that one's always challenging. I think, I mean, money is not always necessarily a fun topic to talk about, but we want to normalize that. And that's part of us being stewards of the resources that God's given us. Um, So how do we live that out practically on a day-to-day basis? Uh, We also talk about freedom, and that's freedom from suffering, and that's through confession and repentance, too. And so really learning how to live in the light in community. So easy to be isolated, especially, you know, the enemy doesn't want us to be in the light. And so um, how do we really walk in the light in community? And then our last foundational practice is celebrate. So how do we celebrate God's work, ongoing work in our lives? Um, And that can be things that feel really big to us, you know, but it can also be the little things where maybe we do confess and repent from something. And we need to celebrate that, that we're learning how to live in the light with one another. Um, And even just praising God for who he is on a daily basis, living with hearts of gratitude um, for everything, because everything's a gift from him. Well, and this has been like a process for our church to understand, you know, what does actual spiritual formation look like? And then how do we do that in community? I mean, if you remember Mike in our episode with Brad, I mean, he just mm-hmm. talking about training, Over trying, not trying, yeah. right? And so that this foundations thing, I think, is so cool because you get to do that in community with other people as you walk together imperfectly. Yeah. And um, so I mean, it's something I'm interested, in, Maddie. Is is there like a way that you learning to live in genuine community has changed your life, or a period of time where you feel like you really started to get it? Yeah, man, that's a really good question. I think, you know, when I moved back to Clovis, that actually wasn't by choice. So Is that from Calbat? Oh, no, you went to Biola. I was actually, no, I was actually living out of state for a time. Um, oh. I had been in a long distance relationship. And so it was kind of the end of that relationship that brought me back here, which was not how I was ever picturing my life to go. I never thought I'd be back in Clovis and Fresno. But we're oh, glad to have you back. All things roll back here, <laughs> you know. You. Oh, yeah. that's true. It's, it's funny. a vortex. I know, I'm one of those people, but... That's actually when I moved back to Clovis and 
I didn't go out. Like I was very isolated and did not want to see people, especially because I grew up here. I just was afraid of running into people and having to explain why I was back in town. Mm, and Like a lot of shame and guilt. And, oh, yeah. for sure. I was living with a lot of shame and guilt. And by God's grace, I actually started coming to the well then and actually started in Regen. Um, and so that was the first time I truly experienced more of a fullness of what the church is, of really being known and loved. And I think I realized for so long I was afraid of being known. I felt very misunderstood as well. And so that actually kept me pretty surface level with people. I think I felt like I had to always have it together. I felt like me not having it together meant I wasn't trusting God. Or if I said I had a bad day, that, yeah, that was showing lack of trust in the Lord which is a lie. But I think when I started regen, just learning that I could be honest about how I was actually doing and what I was struggling with. And so that was really the first time I felt like I could actually be known for what was really going on in my life. And people were going to love me right there and love me enough to not let me stay there. How freeing, right? Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. And so you feel like your transformation in community has now given you a passion for community? Yeah. And that's actually why I went to grad school at Talbot. So I did that shortly after I moved back here. I moved down south and went to grad school for pastoral care and counseling. And that really was my heart going into it was just learning how to love people better, how to have healthy relationships. And really that's when God was stirring my heart for the local church. Because so often I think when people maybe are, are wounded by the church or walk away with hurt, really it's, it's the people, right? We're not perfect. But as followers of Christ, how are we really loving people, especially when it gets difficult? How do we walk through conflict and not try to avoid it? And so, yeah, going to grad school and um, that really developed my passion for the church. And um, when Jesus says, they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another, that has always been a driving factor of, man, yeah, when people look at the church, it should be something that they're excited about that they say, okay, there's something different about those people. Like they really love each other. They're really for one another. Mm. I mean, that's because of Christ. And so yeah, we just, often forget that that list of one another's is primarily to Christians in mm. the New Testament. How do you take care? How does the body take care of itself? And it can be, that should be our largest witness to the world. the way we treat each other and our own community within the church. Yeah. I mean, and there's several passages, right? All the letters that they, um, that they wrote to the church. And I think it's so easy to, you know, even when we talk about Ephesians and marriage and Corinthians passage, right? Sometimes that's just directed at marriage, which is includes, but it's to believers. What does it mean to sincerely love one another, to pursue one another? Yeah. And again, to be for one another. Oh yeah. And there's like, I think we tend to idolize the early church and being like, well, they had it all figured out, you know, like, I'm like, well, actually they're the reason why we have scripture. (laughs) They had some pretty jacked up stuff going on. So Mm -hmm. Paul and all the other authors had to write to them to be like, Hey, what are you doing? This is not Christ-like. Let's Mm -hmm. look more like him to the world. Those sort of things. That's exciting. I mean, and honestly, I mean, I I think I, at one point, our professor in seminary had us write an epistle Mm -hmm. to America. And a big part of what I ended up writing as I thought through what we're going through as a church, the American church, right, is the loneliness, Mm -hmm. the separation, the isolation, the belief that your faith is you and God, and it doesn't include anybody else, things like that. How have you seen that started to be torn away in your ministry? And then, like, what would you have to say about COVID, loneliness, isolation, all those things right now. Yeah. 
It's been really encouraging to see how Foundations has given people a space to come to just to be who they are. And everyone, I think, is hungry for community, but a lot of times people don't know how to either initiate that or maybe not. they don't feel like they belong to that. Mm. And so I think through Foundations, I mean, the groups are so mixed. Like a lot of people don't know each other. They're strangers walking into that room. And I've heard from participants, you know, the first week I walked in, I was not sure what this was going to be like. But, you know, as people began to share their stories of how God has intersected their life and how he has changed them, and, and maybe even just how they're still learning about who God is, people have felt the freedom to share honestly, and they've been met in that, and they've gotten to learn what does it mean to follow Christ, really, and what does it mean to pursue one another relationally. And that's not just on a Sunday morning. That's throughout the week, you know, whether it's meeting up for food trucks and just hanging out or having a game night, really people learning how to be in a relationship and not not just be pursued, but how to initiate with other people. Yeah, and community requires vulnerability, right? That's courage. Mm -hmm. You have to have courage to do that. And that's a difficult thing for people. And oftentimes we're like, you know, those region people, those recovery people, they're already vulnerable just being there. That's the requirement for getting in the room. But then we forget that the requirement for our faith in general is the admittance of brokenness Mm -hmm. and that we need a savior. And so, yeah, I think, what do you think about that, Mike? (laughs) I think... I think we give people freedom to enter into those situations when we tell them it probably will be awkward. Yeah. Like the first time you go into a group that you don't know anybody, it probably will be awkward. And that's okay. Because the second time you come back, you're going to feel a little more comfortable. The third time you're going to feel a little more comfortable. And I would say to anybody who's sitting on the fence right now going, I don't know if I want to be a part of a, a group that's never met together before. It is far easier to join a group that's never met before that everyone's meeting for the first time than it is to go into an existing life group that's been together for four years mm-hmm. and try and fit in with people who've been doing life together forever. And so this foundations is a huge opportunity. At least I see it as a huge opportunity for people to go in with a clean slate and develop lifelong friendships where they're doing life together and they're walking out their faith together. But what has that experience been like for are people who have gone through the first round. Am I, am I onto something or is that, am I, am I way off base? And that's okay too. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time I've been off base, but (laughs) those are just observations that I make because I've been in those awkward situations before. Yeah, no, those are some great insights. Yeah, definitely. I think people have more courage to go in when they know, yeah, we're all in the same place. We're all entering into a new thing together. And so it does kind of feel like there's some relatability there, some common ground. But I think the biggest thing that Foundations has really helped invite people into is process. We talk about this a lot with our facilitators, that we're still in process. The Lord is still transforming our hearts and minds. And so we don't need to have it all together. When you're facilitating a group, that's actually modeling more to those participants to be in process yourself, to acknowledge the places where you're still struggling and to know that God is still working in you too. So I feel like that has also created just a more safe environment for people to know that they don't have to have it all together when they come into these groups, but they can be welcome. I know we're in a unique time in history. Not that there's never been pandemics before, but when there has been pandemics, technology hasn't been such where people can actually sit at home on their couch and watch church. And I think that the problem with watching church is that we don't go to church. We are the church. 
And I think we've reduced church to something we do on a TV screen once a week. And I do recognize that right now, all across our city and all across our country and all across the world, there are people who are physically unable to be a part of a community. But what, what we're seeing kind of as pastors is some people are self-isolating and really feeling the depression that comes with that and, and things like that. What would you say to someone who doesn't fully grasp the magnitude of why we need to do life together? Why has it been important for you? And why would you, what would you say to someone who asks you the question, why is it important for me? You know, I think first we were created for community, right? The Trinity lives in perfect fellowship and that's what we're invited into. And so just relationally, we get to be a part of that as a community of believers. And I think it's not just about receiving either. It's not just about how people get to love me, but it's also how do I get to give to others? How do I get to live on purpose where God has put me where I am for a reason? He's given me gifts. He's given me passions and skills and experiences to share with others. And so I'm not just here to to consume. I'm here actually for a purpose and to give to others and live out my mission too, um, where God's put me in my family and my workplace. And so I feel like that's really important for people to know that they matter. They've, they're valued. God has created them and he's been intentional about how he's made them. And so I really want people to know that, man, you matter and you can have an impact on people. God wants to us to be a part of the process of him inviting people into the kingdom. Yeah. And it's so important for us to realize, like you said, and that's such a good point. We were not created to be consumers. We are created to be givers and we are created to give to one another and to support one another. And even though Jordan badmouthed the early church, um, (laughs) that is what we see in Acts 2. I mean, we see a church, the closest church to when Jesus walked and taught on in this world, we see living out those one another's. Were they perfect? No, they're far from perfect. Was sin, uh, you know, a, a factor? Yes, absolutely. But they understood the relational side of things. Someone had need. They met that need. And Jesus created us to do life in community. And as you perfectly pointed out, it's because he created us in his own image. And just like the Trinity is relational, so are we, because we're made in his image. I love that point, Matt. It's so important. Yeah, John 17 comes to mind where Jesus is praying for his church, right? He says, I pray that they would be unified just as we are unified in the Godhead. And I, I think, man, I think about like community. You know, part of youth ministry is mm-hmm. students just need to belong. And then there's so often times where the belief comes after that, it's not always that equation, right? You know, the way people are introduced to Jesus is different because God's different to everyone uh, or he reaches them differently. And I wonder, you know, is there a difference in just friendships and real Christian community? I think definitely. (laughs) I think Christ is the difference. Uh, There's a reason why we have hope, uh, the hope within us and He's the reason why we have new life and we can live differently. We're not living in our old self anymore. And unconditional love that I'm not loving people because they're going to give me something back. I'm loving people because 
Christ first loved me. And that is what changes it. It's not about taking from people, but really, I mean, and that's been something I feel like even the last month God's been really teaching me is how do I live from a place of love, not for love? When I'm living for love, it's very performance and works-based. Um, but man, when I'm embracing the gospel and who God is and what God says about me, I feel more free and more freedom to love others and to live out of how God's made me um, rather than feeling like I have to perform for others. And so I feel like that definitely changes friendships, that I get to genuinely love people for who they are. And I get to actually call out God's work in their life too. And they're encouraging me and they're pointing me back to Christ. So man, having yeah Christian friends and um, that community is so important, I think, in um, not just continuing to live in the light, but just encouraging one another and and, uh, loving on one another. Yeah. What do you think about vulnerability being the key that opens up that doorway to deeper community? Mm. What we do is life groups as a church at every level, including students, including kids, including adults. And every time I see either a camp or an experience, or a powerful message, or a worship night, where it creates an experience where they're finally honest with what they're going through, what their their doubts are, or what's happening as far as pain, or, you know, hurts, hangups, and habits, <laughs> with Regen talking, and uh, once that one person knocks that domino down, it's like the whole group falls, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone's domino comes down, they're like, oh, and then sharing, sharing, sharing. And then it almost feels like your pseudo community drops into real community, Yes. right? And uh, so like, would you, I don't know, what do you think about vulnerability as a key? Yeah, I think vulnerability is an invitation for others to be in process with you. Um, you're inviting them into the hard places You're and you're being honest. I think that's what's so refreshing when people are vulnerable is it's like, wow, they can be honest about the brokenness in their lives if they can do that, I think I can do that. I love what you just said. Like, I want to repeat that for people and, and maybe even say it just a slightly different way, but I want to repeat it because it's so pivotal. What you're saying is that by me being vulnerable, I'm giving someone else a pass to allow community to play an integral role in their walk. Like when I'm vulnerable Uh, at my life group, other people then get the freedom to be vulnerable, which leads to discipleship in in a greater level than some people have ever experienced before. I think that's so huge. Yeah. And I think we've all been a part of like life groups or Bible studies or call them what you will, right? Where you kind of just feel like a book club for a semester. Yeah. Or you feel like maybe, hey, oh, cool. Well, we actually shared our observations about scripture but maybe maybe this is more of a study group than it is anything. Yeah, because it becomes about knowledge mm-hmm. and not about life transformation. Yeah, and below the line, mm-hmm. that door for me has to be something like vulnerability. The courage for at least one person to be a leader or a whole group to agree. And that's why I love something like Foundations or us as a church and anywhere your church experiencing the idea and the, putting in place measures that say, we are about this. And as we launch things, this is who we are, rather than sort of like being okay with the past. And if anybody's listening right now, that's like, man, I've been a part of this life group and I love these people, but we've never gone there. Like, what do you guys think? What, what, should, what should they think or do or say? They should go there. 
They should be the one. Be the to, leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to go first and it's always the hardest. Yeah. But that. And just I would like argue Maddie, that that's the Holy Spirit yeah. right now saying to you, <laughs> I think you're the person. Yeah. Yeah. And just like it, it all goes back to what Maddie said. Whoever's first gives freedom to the whole group. So be that first person because you're going to be uh, used by the Holy Spirit to to play a huge role in the discipleship of your group. It's going to go to the next level. So have some courage. I know it's tough. Be that person to take the first step. Maddie, what do you get excited as we kind of wrap up here? What do you get excited about the future of the well looking like, given that our communities will start looking like this all across the board? Yeah, man, it's super exciting to think about just a community of believers living out vulnerability, living out continuing um, ongoing freedom in Christ and living in our new identities in Christ. Uh, we're no longer we we're no longer condemned. Uh, we get to live freely in Christ and we get to live on mission and display his love to the world. And so I think as we learn how to love one another better on a daily basis, that's and that can be so practical, right? It's calling a friend, it's just checking in with them. The power of a text message. <laughs> hey, yeah, right. just the littlest thing. It is. Yeah, but see, I think that's a good point though is a lot of times people don't think that that's important. If the Holy Spirit brings someone to mind and you need to text them, text them. You, yeah. We just never know what's happening in someone's week. And so I get excited thinking about um, just people learning how to really live out these foundational practices on a daily basis, both individually and communally. And that's so important. Yes, we get to um, have our personal relationship with Christ, but it goes beyond that. It goes um, in our community, in our churches, into the world. And the big C church, man, if we can all show Christ's love to the world, that is powerful and people do see a difference. And so I think that's really exciting to think about. Yeah. So if you are coming to the well and you're not in community, sign up for foundations. We got one coming up really soon and we'd love for you to be a part of it. And you're going to experience what the importance of being in community is all about. If you're going to a different church, we're so grateful that you're listening. We would just encourage you be in community there. Find out what that next step is for you to get into community. And if you're not going to church at all, we would just invite you, whether you live in Fresno, come to the well, or if you're somewhere else, find a good Bible teaching church and be a part of that community. Because like we said, and and like Maddie said so eloquently, that is where life change happens. And we want that for you. And so we would love for you to sign up. Maddie, thank you so much for being with us. It's an honor to sit with you and have this conversation. So thank you. Yee. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Mad Yee. So thank you for all the work that you're doing here. Mm-hmm. Cultivating community is such an important job, and we're blessed to have you on our staff. So thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. Super grateful. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.